construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Well, welcome golfers to another episode of Flagstick Podcast presented by TaylorMade Golf Canada. Introducing Stealth with Carbon Face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbonwood Age. To learn more, visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca. And right with me, as always, is my bud, my buddy Scott McLeod. Scott, how are you this week? I'm doing okay. Uh, like you, dealing with a little bit of this uh, white stuff outside, which hopefully will be gone by the time this podcast comes out. But uh, over, otherwise, uh, eager to get the season started here after Easter has happened. Yes, Easter. Now, speaking of Easter um, and eggs, did you have a chance to hit any on the weekend? uh no uh not literally figuratively of course yeah no managed to uh whack a few indoors but uh outside not quite ready for that yet had some invites Uh, a couple of people were gonna head out to play and said hey do you want to come along but it wasn't the best weather and i know a lot of people got out there uh probably enjoyed themselves but uh i'm gonna be a softy this year and just wait uh for another day when maybe the weather's a little bit warmer maybe this weekend coming up i think that's a good plan i'm kind of the same way I'm, i'm just not uh i'm not quite there yet i just i did hit some in the net it wasn't good, so I know that it's not re- <laughs> it's not quite ready. I did clean up the the bunker in the 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 back uh, the side of the yard there where we have the little pitch, pitching hole there with that we built the bunker last year and put sand in it and everything and I cleaned that all up so it looks pretty. I mean, I didn't hit anything out of it, just, but it looks pretty. Well, you know what? Uh, everybody that got out, like I said, I'm sure they enjoyed themselves. And I certainly saw a lot of social media posts of people getting out and playing, which was nice to see uh, more golf courses opening this week. We have a lot more opening dates. We had a lot last week on the, on the 15th in the uh, Eastern Ontario, Western Quebec. We're certainly seeing a lot more in the next week. We're, I, I think we're pretty much at that uh, tipping point now where we're going to have more than half the golf courses are going to be open. Uh, some are saying, you know, they're still a little bit soft, but I, I think this weekend coming up, we'll see the balance. We'll see all the ones from Club Link are opening up this Friday, uh, other groups and things like that. So, uh, yeah, Ooh. so I think golf season, is, it, it's here. It might be. It might be. Well, we do have lots to get to. Once again, there's no, uh, no shortage of great topics for us to dive into on this episode, Scott. Uh, this week, we're going to take a look at uh, nine-hole golf courses and their role in golf right now we're also going to talk about classic versus the athletic style golf shoe uh uh, we're also going to obviously look at the regional and national golf take uh golf talk scene of course product watch uh more help on your golf game on the lesson tee with kevin ham golf school um all that more uh on this episode so uh, you know let's get right into it scott and, uh, and let's get to the front nine presented this week again by our good friends at metcalf golf club a natural setting a pleasant challenge looking for fun golf at a great rate save 15 percent when you prepay visit metcalfgolf.com to book all right diving into the front nine just a little bit a, a little further scott to the uh the the weather we talked about uh, before we even started the front nine here course opening calendar obviously on flagstick.com um you know you mentioned you know probably over half uh golf courses are going to be open in the next week so you know it's getting to the point now where we're going to stop we're going to stop talking about the you know who's open and who's not open uh, you did mention um before we even got on the air here that 
there were a couple of new additions just recently that uh, were added to the course calendar. Who are they again? You mentioned uh, La Sorciere. Yeah, we had courses. Yeah, La Sorciere, uh, we got the date for that. Uh, Mountain Creek uh, opening up as far as we got the date for that. Les Vieux Moulins, uh, certainly many more. And as I mentioned as well, Club Link, their golf courses are going to be opening uh, coming this Friday as well. All right, so check it out at flagstick.com. Uh, there is a course uh, course opening calendar that we've created. Uh, there's a, a link right at the very top of the page, uh, just above the, the image slider there that you can check out. And uh, we'll keep it updated, even though we may not talk about it as much on this show. Uh, we're certainly going to keep it updated uh, on a regular basis for everybody um, as courses continue to open. Um, the other thing, Scott, we, noticed that, that we did a poll on Instagram. And uh, the, the poll on Instagram uh, talked about athletic shoes versus the classic shoes. And, and um, the results of the poll were, you know, not tipping heavily in favor of one over the other, but, but a little bit more towards, uh, um, you know, the athletic shoe representing, you know, a little bit less than 50%, um, but classic shoes, 39%. So, you know, we're kind of like, you know, 50, 50 on that, you know, uh, where do you stand on it? Um, I'm kind of a classic shoe sort of guy, but I've certainly seen a rebirth in the last little while. I think athletic shoes certainly burst onto the scene and certainly came up in the preferences for a while. And I did the poll in two places. I did it on Twitter and also on Instagram. And I, I think, uh, Instagram, they had a little bit more of a trend towards classic, which I was surprised because we generally have a younger demographic that's there. But um, I would say if we did this poll a couple of years ago, we would have had athletic be, you know, more like 60 or 65 percent. I, I think what we're seeing is a little bit of rebirth as far as classic shoes are concerned. My preference, as I said, I, I like a classic shoe, but, you know, I like athletic ones as well. But I think classic shoes are, are just that they're classic. They're timeless. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I, I do I do like my classics. Um, I have a couple of uh, of uh, really nice custom color scheme. Uh, we did a contest a number of years ago, and uh, we had our uh, readers in the magazine um, send in their designs uh, for the for the shoes, and then whatever ones were chosen, I had them made and I wear them. So, um, uh, you know, I like a classic shoe, and even some of the athletic shoes that I wear are still a little bit kind of classic-y, you know, they kind of have sort of, call it, maybe they're, maybe call them tweenies. Um, they're not quite the athletic running shoe style, but they're not quite the full leather uh, soles and, you know, the old style where you used to get the, the real leather, leather soles, leather, leather uppers, leather, everything. Um, heavy as heck when they got wet, but um, they were really sharp looking shoes. So I'm kind of like a little bit in between, but I do like to, I do like to lean a little bit more towards the very classic look wing tips. Uh, you know, that's kind of my, my deal. So um, interesting results on, on, on that poll. And, and, you know, we're, we're going to continue to do polls like that because it's really interesting to find out what the people that come to the website and follow us on social media, um, you know, what they're thinking when it comes to trends in golf. And that's why we do the polls. It's not to, it's not that we're trying to create data for anything in particular. We don't use the data for anything like that. It's just no. something fun, something interesting, and and uh, you know, see what our readers and 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 followers are uh, are interested in. So, um, with that, uh, you know, one of the other things we're talking about trends. Um, 
and uh, yeah. you know, shoes and shoe styles, obviously that's something, but is um, uh, courses having their own brand of beverages? Uh, we're seeing, we saw a little bit, yeah. uh, I think the first ones that we really saw maybe maybe was Rito View uh, when they released their um, their craft brew, I guess their, their branded brew for the golf course. And there's been other courses since that have done the same same type of thing, right? Yeah, what we're seeing is uh, a number of golf courses are teaming up with breweries somewhat local to them, uh, just doing their own version of beer. Obviously, you mentioned uh, Read of You, their number 17, which is actually, uh, you know, made with hops that are done on the property there. We've seen Brockville Country Club team up with a Thousand Island Brewery, I believe it is, and uh, do a beer down there with uh, using some of the honey from their golf course. Uh, we're seeing Pembroke this year uh, is uh, teaming up with Square Timber, which is a brewing company up in the Pembroke area, and they're doing one for their 100th anniversary. And then we actually have other golf courses that actually have breweries on site. So uh, Broken Stick at uh, the Hammond Golf Club uh, is excuse me it's definitely a trend uh, we're also seeing read of you as well they're actually teamed up with a distillery and they're actually doing a gin now so uh golf courses are just you know they're realizing that they have a brand they have an audience and that you know they want to do something special for their members or their you know golfers that are there uh we're going to dive into more of that uh on a future show we're going to bring on some guests and talk specifically about that but we just want to give that a mention today and and uh we're definitely seeing that trend where um Craft breweries, obviously they're growing, they're all over the place. So there's a lot more availability for that. Yeah. And, and golf courses are recognizing that they can do sort of their own thing and have something under their own brand that, you know, maybe the, their golfers, their customer will uh, appreciate. Hey, you know, it'd be cool. A flagstick beer. Oh, wouldn't that be I something? Know, yeah. <laughs> gonna find... Okay. Now I know that there's not gajillions of people listening uh, to this podcast just yet. Um, there will be. Um, but, uh, if anybody out there is in the craft brewing industry and wants to, wants to talk about that, that'd be kind of cool. You know, have a little flag stick, uh, lager or, you know, stick man ale, something like that. Um, that would be neat. It would have been neat to do it last year on our 25th anniversary, but you know, it is what it is. So yeah, hey. that, it, it is kind of cool. And, and yeah, like you said, we're, we're going to dive into that a little bit more because it's something we actually did, um, um in two yeah, a couple of big instances. stories then. we yeah. did a part we did a part one and a part two of uh of uh golf courses and the relationships to craft breweries castleview is another one yeah. uh, that has a relationship with a local craft brewery um so there's a there's a trend there we want to mm -hmm. look at it and we want to bring some people on to talk about it but this was yeah, kind of just sure. a little i know people have been seeing stuff on social media with particularly recently with the gin from rito view and with the uh, uh pembroke golf course uh, because the celebrating their hundredth uh that they're doing something special so we just wanted to acknowledge that that you know what's going on there and that we're gonna we're gonna do something a little bit uh, a little bit expanded on that in some later shows um, yeah uh you know and further that if people want to go out to flagstick.com they'll see those travel stories and they were travel stories the the fact that you can go go to certain areas within eastern ontario and there's you know there's 40 plus uh breweries that are in this area now and yeah. people can line up a golf trip where they can maybe uh hit around a golf and, and visit some of these breweries or distilleries so that's what that story was or stories were all about uh so definitely check them out and i'm sure we're going to have probably part three and part four to that considering you know the expansion of uh, craft breweries and distilleries in the region 
Absolutely cool. Um, okay, so uh, shifting gears a little bit, um, the uh, as the season starts to uh, to get going here, um, we're gonna pretty soon we're gonna get into uh, we're gonna start talking tournaments, uh, tournament golf, competitive golf, because that's gonna start happening pretty soon. There's gonna be tournaments popping up. Um, but uh, schedules are starting to happen uh, right now. And, and uh, one of the more recent ones is the 2022 uh, flagstick.com uh, PGA of Ottawa schedule, uh, a tour that we've been sponsoring the local PGA, Ottawa PGA uh, pros. We've been sponsoring the tour for quite some time now. Um, that schedule has now been released. It has. It has. And uh, you know what? The, uh, the tour is going to kick off in, uh, on May 30th. And that'll be the uh, spring open, which is going to take place at the aforementioned Castleview golf course. That will also be a qualifier for the uh, match play. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not sure how many events I'm going to play this year. I, I am in the senior category <laughs> now, but, uh, and then it uh, heads to Renfrew on uh, June 13th for the summer open, which is nice. What we'll see this year and Carol Ann Baxter um, mentioned that the executive director of the zone is that uh, this year, the schedule sort of goes a wider geographic range, which is kind of nice. Uh, there'll be other stops. Traditionally, the uh, seniors, ladies and assistants is at Mississippi. Uh, the zone championship this year, the Cleveland's Ricks on golf, uh, 2022 PGA of Ottawa zone championship is going presented by Nike golf is going to be at the loyalist country club in Bath, not far from where I am. Nice. So who knows? I might have to play in that one just, oh, uh, yes. since I can sleep in my own bed, but we'll see. And then, uh, Lockmart Smith falls and Royal Ottawa are also locations. And the TBD is going to be the pig challenge cup. Yeah. Uh, some plans for that. <laughs> we'll see. There could be some changes in format and things that for that this year. Uh, but obviously that's where we get to face off as the honorary captains for the squads and, uh, <laughs> do our thing. So, uh, looks like a great schedule this year. Uh, like I said, uh, covers a wide geographic, uh, area, um, not just, you know, some of the same courses over and over again, looking forward to the pro pro, uh, at Eagle Creek. That should be fun. Um, and who yeah. are you teaming so, up with your, your usual partner or is, oh, he, uh, yeah. is he bailing? No, he hasn't. No, no, he hasn't gotten rid of me yet. So, uh, Derek McDonald with the uh, Royal Ottawa golf club, uh, we've managed to have a couple of, uh, top three finishes in that event together. So, uh, we're going to try and see if we can finally get the trophy. Sweet. I liked it. I like it now, um, further to tournaments, further to events. Uh, you know, I, I personally, I love talking about junior golf. Uh, junior golf is, uh, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for that. Obviously we've been heavily involved in, in junior golf for a lot of years. So well over 25 of them, to be honest with you. Um, the last couple of years, we've, uh, we've, we've been uh, a major media partner with the uh, play junior golf tour and, uh, and the things that they've been doing and trying to help them get the word out a little more as a media partner. Uh, but the Ottawa Valley golf association as well has now teamed up um, with, uh, with the CJGA, uh, as, uh, you know, with a, par a partnership for an expanded, uh, tour of, uh, of sorts, right? Yeah. Basically, uh, what's happening is that, uh, different associations are obviously working hard to create more opportunities for young golfers, 
Uh, one thing that's difficult for some players is getting into playing tournament golf. Not everybody's really excited about it, or they're a little, maybe a little bit timid about it. Uh, so what's happened is that the OVGA, the Ottawa Valley Golf Association, already is running some events with the CJGA, the Canadian Junior Golf Association. What they've decided to do is just add another category uh, to four events that they're running, just 20 players in the field. It's not a big addition, but it's something that's significant in the fact that uh, it's designed for um, golfers that are ages 6 to 12 that haven't played uh, tournament golf before. It's just a category for them to get into it maybe have the parents caddy for them, help them out with the rules. It's just an introduction uh, to competition more than anything. And that's really what it is. It's the OBJ introduction tour. Um, and they're going to have four events, uh, one in May, one in June, one in July, and one in August. So again, just in addition to something that they're already doing, a small category, but another opportunity for an incubator to get people into tournament golf so that maybe they can go beyond that and maybe play the play junior golf tour events or golf Quebec events or golf Ontario events, but uh, just get used to playing in competition. Yeah. I think, and I think it's important for people to understand too, that, uh, you know, an organization like the Ottawa Valley golf association in is their, their role is, is, is to develop and grow the game of golf. It's correct. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, in some respects, the, the idea that the OVG is that there is a money-making organization, that's not what they are. They're a nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. And obviously they need to generate revenue to cover the cost of these events that they, that they take on. So partnerships with the CJGA are, are somewhat important. Certainly in no way negates any other tour like the mm -hmm. Play Junior Golf Tour, which is, which is by far, you know, our fastest growing junior golf series of events and and uh you know chris uh, veltkamp has done an amazing job working with you know brand new sponsors all the time trying to grow that tour and it's taken a lot of work to get where it's at and and now it's starting to get that attention and the interest and it's filled it's filling up if not pretty filled up with with the uh, tour members and uh, you know with their events so um these other events are with the OVJ there, there's supplements to that, you know, the juniors should get involved in as much as they can possibly get involved in, in their schedule, especially if they're interested in any time of, of participating in tournament golf. So, um, okay. Yeah. Sorry, you want to add something to that, Mr. No, I was just I was just going to say they, uh, you know, if people haven't checked it out, Golf Ontario has a website called the Ontario, Ontario Junior Golf yes. Pathway, uh, which is a great way for people to check out all the different tours and to see where the opportunities are for the juniors to get involved with tournaments if they're interested in that competition factor as well. Not everybody has to be, but it's certainly a way to meet other golfers, test your game and, you know, experience golf in a different way. Well, I mean, just one other point there junior golfers are the future of our game definitely so the we don't need to cater to the junior golfer but we need to recognize and we need to make sure that we do the things that need to be done to ensure that more junior golfers participate because those junior golfers become intermediate golfers they become adult golfers and those are the full paying members that participate in our events and, and that, that fuel the revenue source for golf courses across the, the nation, across the world. But, you know, relative to here, you know, this region, we need them. 
We can't yeah. push them aside because of the here and now. We need to recognize that they are the future and and uh, make sure that we look after them while we can. So that said, um, we jammed a lot into the front nine today. <laughs> but you we know did. what? It's good. It's good. There's lots of stuff to do. And, and there's, there's a crap load more stuff we could have talked about, to, you know, just based on what's recently been posted to flagstick.com. So we didn't cover it on the front nine this week. Check out flagstick.com. There's a, a, a much more, uh, you know, golf information, regional and national content that you can uh, you can investigate there. Um, we got to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a look at the role of nine-hole golf course options. Uh, we're going to uh, get another little swing tip from Kevin Heem and the Kevin Heem Golf School. We're going to talk some product watch coming up on the back nine. But first, uh, a quick word from our uh, podcast sponsor, TaylorMade Golf Canada. Over the past 40 years, you've inspired us to make a lot of great drivers. All great, but all eventually reach their limit. But while we were making all these drivers for the present, we were also hard at work making the next generation of driver. Because where titanium ends, carbon begins. And we are back. So uh, welcome back in. Um, we are adding uh, a little, little new element. Oh my God, like what is wrong with my mouth? <laughs> it was like a tongue, a tongue twist or something. Another new element uh, to, the, uh, to the show. We have a new sponsor. So we've got our back nine. Uh, we're officially calling this our back nine. Our back nine presented this week by Golf Sim Gurus. Work on your game all year round in the privacy of your own home. Custom golf simulator setups built to your specs and to fit your budget. Visit golfsimgurus.ca to learn more. Now, um, we uh, we said we were going to talk about nine hole golf courses, and this is kind yeah. of um, it's kind of a cool topic because there's. You know, we've done nine and dines or, or you know, nine and wines uh, features that we've done in our own publications before. And, you know, you always hear the talk about nine and dine, nine and dine. But this is more than just a nine and dine kind of yeah. uh, concept. So, um, you know, why don't, you, why don't you just kind of set us up here, Scott, with this? This is kind of a topic you wanted to dive into. So, so dive into yeah, so uh, you know what, uh, nine-hole discussions sort of come up a fair bit. A lot of people, you know, for some reason, think of golf as only an eighteen-hole game, uh, and I know for myself and and you as well, uh, grew up playing at nine-hole golf courses, and you know, realizing that there are some advantages to them and people have to also recognize that they're more prevalent than they think they are. I mean, uh, if we go back and look at the uh, the golf course. 17, which I believe is the last time it was done. Uh, of the 2,300 golf courses in Canada, 36% of them were nine hole layout. So um, if you think about that, that's over 800 golf courses that are nine hole layouts. And they serve uh, a purpose uh, for a lot of people. I mean, that's what their golf is and that's what their golf experience is. So uh, we should realize as well that in some areas like Manitoba or Saskatchewan, they actually make up uh, the more the higher number uh, of golf courses in a lot of cases. So, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, just people nine holes is good enough. 
Yeah. And, and really, if we look at a lot of golf courses, even within our own region here in Eastern Ontario, many of them started as nine hole golf courses and may have added another nine for, for the back nine, whether that was good or bad for them. But, uh, you know, they serve a, a purpose. And in fact, 29% of the uh, golf course supply in Ontario is nine hole golf courses. So um, I think the biggest thing is, is talking about what their purposes are in the, uh, in the golf industry. I mean, um, think about land use, you know, land's only getting more expensive. Um, people have time limitations as well. I mean, yeah. uh, I know a lot of people that just play nine holes of golf and that they're done. They don't always have to sit there and go, you know, I need to play, uh, I need to spend four and a half or five hours playing 18 holes of golf. And then, you know, the time to get there, the time afterwards and, and so forth. So, uh, I, I still think they, they, for some reason, people tend to knock them and I'm not sure why. I, I can't understand why anybody would knock them to be honest with you you know and and let's preface this by saying um in no way are scott or myself um discouraging people from playing 18 holes um you, you know oh, i God, no. i think that i think the 18 hole golf course serves just as much of a purpose and if you have the time and you know, you want to play an 18 hole golf course and play 18 holes of golf, then by all means, I mean, you get a lot of variety in an 18 hole golf courses, you know, especially at, at some of the tracks around here. Um, but I myself, I'm an, I'm a nine hole golfer kind of guy. Like I honestly just really do not have time. If I want to play golf, I don't have time to play 18 holes every time I go to a golf course. I mm -hmm. just don't. And, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm blessed. Uh, I, you know, locally, I have two golf courses, uh, you know, in the Metcalf Golf Club uh, where, you know, we have a family membership because we live so close and the Falcon Ridge uh, golf course, uh, which is not too far away, that also has a nine hole specific. Now you can play nine at an 18 hole golf course, but of course, nine hole courses with the race view club out there. Um, you know, it's, I just find it more for me. I just find it more enjoyable. I know that it's a couple hours, depending on when I go, it could be an hour and a half and I'm not running around to do that. I'm just playing golf and man, there's some, uh, I mean, you and I, I mean, I grew up as a, not as a junior, cause I didn't start playing golf till I was 17, but my home course was bell park fairways in Kingston. Uh, where you worked at and and uh, you know I've told I've told my kids the story about you were you know heavily involved in the building of the fourth green <laughs> <laughs> yes it was um, but that golf course has since closed um, and I, unfortunately I, I wish I'd had the opportunity to play it right before it closed and and to have my son Brandon who is an avid golfer play it before it closed because um, I love that golf course I love playing that golf course and um, you know, there's a lot of golf courses around here, man. Some of the nine hole golf courses around here, the conditioning, um, is, is just unreal. Re, re, uh, Rito lakes. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's lots of good golf courses, uh, in the region that are nine holes, lots throughout Ontario, lots throughout Canada. And I think, uh, I think what happens too, is I think nine holers get a, a knock because people think him as just a community golf course that's you know kind of put together by volunteers and doesn't have a you know a quality design but i can tell you even when i travel 
myself, even for, you know, family tri trips and things like that. When we go to a place like PEI, you know, one of our first courses that we go and play is, is a nine holer called Belfast Highlands. It yep. is right on the water, Orwell Bay, quite beautiful. Um, we know, didn't have the chance to play that one when I was at PEI with you. We did no, go there. Um, we did. And, yeah, and we did. stood on a few of the tees and looked at some of the holes because, man, some of the holes on that golf course are... Uh, you know, spectacular little par yeah. threes and stuff, eh? Yeah, but even think about when we went to travel to Nova Scotia and, you know, we played at a golf course called White Point Resort. Exactly, which again, yeah. Right, right on the Atlantic, uh, has some Donald Ross roots to it. Um, you know, fun, fun layout. And, and the other side of it, too, is that, you know, there's a convenience of only playing nine for some people, if that's the option of, you know, you still have time to do everything else that you want to do within a day. Um, and you mentioned Rideau Lakes. Rideau Lakes is a, a key one in this region because not only is it the, uh, you know, a nice solid nine hole golf course, they have another one in, in Westport as well in, in Evergreen, but, you know, Rideau Lakes is where uh, the Henderson family have their cottage and that, you know, where Brooke and Brittany played a lot of their golf. And there's a whole slew of golf pros, uh, you know, Malcolm Tricky from this area, you know, Kevin Dickey, there was a whole bunch of golf pros and people that came out of that Rideau Lakes golf course. So, um, you know, nine holes serves a purpose. And I think maybe even people, I think part of what I'm trying to say and wanting to say is the fact that there are a lot of people getting into the game and that are new into the game. And maybe they don't realize that a nine hole course or playing nine holes is an option. So they should always just think that there's more to it than that. And there are six hole golf courses. There's one in Manitoba. There's a 12, there's a number of 12 hole golf courses. There's, there's other options. Uh, and just don't dismiss the golf course just because it's not 18 holes. Well, and, and we want to encourage people to play as much golf as they possibly can. And we also have to be realists um, when it comes to, you know, as we enter into the, uh, the first year of somewhat call it normalcy, you know, I'm not going to say post pandemic because we really certainly are not post pandemic yet, but we're, we're pre post pandemic, maybe a little bit. Um, and we know that there's going to be people are going to want to do more. Uh, things besides golf uh you know we discourage that don't do anything else except <laughs> golf no it's only um, golf no i can't That's say that it. but there there are other things that people are going to want to do in the summertime um besides golf but they don't need to they don't need to not golf because they think that the only thing they can do is play 18 holes and that 18 hole golf courses are the best that's not true at all there are tons and tons especially around this region but across this great country there are tons of nine hole golf courses that are outstanding, outstanding layouts and outstanding designs in great condition. And you'll enjoy playing those nine hole golf courses just as much as playing an 18 hole golf course. And you still have plenty of time to barbecue and go to the cottage and go to hit the patios downtown or whatever it is that you want to do that you think you want to do besides golf. Um, crazy people. Um, but, you know, there's lots of golf that can be played that doesn't doesn't take four and a half, four forty-five, five hours, whatever it is. Uh, and and I'm like I said, I'm I'm your guy. I don't. I love golf. I love playing golf. I do not yeah. like playing eighteen holes unless yeah. it's you know once in a while. And I'm going. You know, it's a call it a treat for me to play eighteen mm -hmm. holes. I might do it once a week if I can. Um, but I like playing nine. I like playing four. <laughs> You know, yeah, for me, I'm yeah. kind of like the, I like going to a golf course and, and just 
you know, maybe going out and popping three or four holes in and, and, and that's it, like seven o'clock at night kind of thing. Maybe that's all I have time to do. Uh, but nine holes is my, is my go-to for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just the biggest thing is, uh, you know, there are some great golf courses out here that are, you know, that are nine holes. So, you know, pay attention to them as well. Don't just, uh, don't just drive by or, or, or dismiss them. And, uh, you know, if you've got some favorites, we'd love to hear some feedback from people Absolutely. on our social, social media channels or, uh, email, whatever the case may be, just reach out. We'd love to hear uh, some of your favorite nine hole golf courses and we can put them on our, our bucket list to get around and see. Exactly. It. Reach out to, you know, go to flagstick.com. I mean, you know, I'm Jay Botter at flagstick.com. Um, if you want to email me and you've got some something you want to say something you want us to talk about uh, you got you know your favorite hole your favorite nine hole course whatever it is reach out to us man like this what this show is for everybody and it's not just for uh for two guys like us to grab some mics and and talk golf it's it's for you to offer some feedback and give us some ideas of topics that you want us to talk about so do it just do it um okay all this nine hole golf course talk and all this talk about hitting the links is great um it would be a lot more enjoyable when we get to get to golf um, if our swings are dialed in a little bit more. So, uh, you know, that said, um, I think it's time for another uh, another weekly swing fix here on the on the Flagstick podcast um, with uh, with our buddy Kevin Haim at the Kevin Haim Golf School on the lesson tee. Uh, it's always the right time to play better, whether you need private lessons, a better short game some putting help, or even custom fit golf clubs. Visit kevinheem.com and remember, better golf is a lot more fun. This week, Kevin talks about how to use the ground to generate more power. Check it out. All right, golfers, time for a really important lesson. And this one deals with what we call ground forces or vertical forces in the swing. There's all kinds of forces in golf. There are lateral forces, rotational forces, there's torque. But there's also vertical forces. You have to stay in touch with the ground. Use the ground and gravity to drive through the golf ball, create speed and energy. So you know what we see a lot on the lesson tee? We see what I call floaters and lifters. So everyone's trying to make their swing bigger. It looks like they're, they've got helium in their, you know, in their sweater and they're lifting or they're lifting this way. I call them floaters and lifters. Everything's too much high and off the ground. I want you to think about the reverse next time you're practicing. Think about maybe I've got lead shoes on or very heavy socks and shoes, and I want to stay in touch with the ground when I swing. So as I swing my arms up, this leg stays down. I want to maintain flex in my trail knee. I want to feel like the weight is heavy into that shoe. Then I'm in touch with the ground. And as I move forward onto the lead foot, I don't really want to drop a lot. But I do want to work on getting the weight to the outside of this shoe and almost feel like I'm squishing down before I rotate. Now, this is the key. When you're rotating, your belt buckle, your midsection actually rises up and uses the energy. So when you're practicing, stay flexed in your backswing. Don't try to get bigger and float away. As you move on to your lead foot, Feel pressure in this heavy shoe here, this lead shoe you've got on. And then once you get down into here, now we're rotating and clearing and using the ground. We're using ground forces, a little bit of vertical pressure, and we're hitting the ball farther. When you practice, pay attention to your legs and staying in touch with the ground. This is not good. High and floaty is not good. 
low and strong and in touch with the ground using gravity, that will help you become a better player. Well, there you go. Using the ground. Now, this is this is more up your alley than up my <laughs> alley, Scott, when it talks about yeah. using the ground. I mean, exactly how, you know, that's that's a that's a great way of describing it. And uh, um, I'm sure you you teach the same uh, the same concept uh, about using the ground to generate more power. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, two ways to kind of create force in our golf swing. We can make use of the ground and working our way and pushing off that, or we can use our hands. And uh, generally, if we think about it, uh, you know, using the ground and the resistance of the ground will generally be a more efficient, more powerful way to do things. We can think about it related to, you know, jumping in basketball or volleyball or stuff like that. If we tried to do that without our feet on the ground, we probably wouldn't jump very high. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a big part of what happens. And uh, certainly it's something that people need to pay attention to as part of their footwork. So there you go. So you'll, uh, so if you just pass by that, you know, you, you'll also be able to, we break out Kevin's uh, lesson T tips um, on our YouTube channel uh, as lesson T and they're, they're separate from the podcast. If you just want to check out some of the tips from the podcast without watching the whole podcast, though, we do encourage you to watch yes. the whole podcast because you course. might miss something. Uh, you might miss something, uh, something big. Um, okay. Now, with all the uh, uh, talk of, you know, bettering our golf swing, using the ground. Now, technology continues to play a massive mm -hmm. part in uh, the types of products that are coming to the market. Uh, golfers have access to just about any type of technology uh, to help them with their golf swing. And, uh, and the technology can tell us almost anything about our golf swing. It's, it's that advanced now. Now, it certainly does not replace the need for a coach or a golf professional to help you with your golf swing, but it can't hurt either. Um, so I want to dive into a little cool product we came across in this, uh, this segment of Product Watch, brought to you by Greensmere Golf and Country Club. Save 40% on daily green fee rates with FlexPass for only $425 plus tax. Visit greensmere.com for more information or to get a FlexPass. Okay, um, so Scott, we came across this, this product called... Uh, Hack motion. Yeah. Hack so motion. Let, let's talk about hack motion. Well, hack motion is a, uh, a funny name because, of course, you know, everybody thinks of hack <laughs> as a, a bad golfer. But in fact, this is obviously trying to help you uh, be a better golfer. Uh, hack motion has been around for a couple of years now. Uh, I will say I do own a hack motion. And basically what it is, it's a wrist sensor and it's from a, a company uh, that's based in, in Latvia, and it's about 3D measurement. And one of the biggest things uh, about golf now is the fact that we can measure more things and not just look at a picture visually and go, yep, that looks good. Um, we can actually measure what we're trying to do and quantify what we're doing. So uh, hack motion, really simple, super lightweight uh, sensor. Uh, basically, it uh, goes on the wrist and the hand, and it basically it allows you to measure what's happening as far as the rotation, the flexion and extension in the wrist, all sorts of different uh, things that are occurring during the actual motion itself. Now, the cool part is, is that there are two aspects to this. One, there is a coaching version of it. And really right. all it is, the hardware itself is, is pretty much the same. Uh, the difference is the software. And what happens here is that, you know, the pro like myself, you know, can spend a thousand dollars and get the more detailed version of the software, more graphs, more tables, more different things. Uh, whereas the consumer can get a version that's 395 and measure a few less things, but 
it's still just as useful. And the cool thing is, is that the sensor not only measures 3D motion, uh, not only during the golf swing, but you can use it for putting as well and see what's happening with your wrist angles when you're putting, because obviously all these things have an effect on what's happening with the club head or the putter head as you're making your swing. So, you know, the player version basically focuses more on club face control, uh, gives you real-time feedback as well. That's a cool aspect of it. Uh, basically, what you can do is you can set certain parameters and it'll either beep in or beep out and, and treat you uh, like Pavlov's dog <laughs> and, 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 and show you a good boy, you did well bad boy you did not oh do my well. gosh um but it's a cool way to train for for people and like i said uh, having a consumer version uh with a few less uh, bells and whistles <laughs> 3d graphs and all sorts of different things but uh you know very useful a, an easy way for people to get into 3d uh which is really you know uh becoming a bigger and bigger trend as far as measurements are concerned and uh, a lightweight, you can use it on the range. You can actually take it on the golf course even as well, which is kind of cool. Stuff this technology has come an awful long way since uh, the days of golfer's choice, Scott McLeod. Mm. Put the swing mate, um, yeah. you know, about uh, 18 to 24 inches behind where we were hitting and we'd hit balls into the net and try to see exactly how fast, how much club head speed we could generate because it's, but the only, the only data that came out of that launch monitor uh, yeah. was swing speed. So pretty soon yeah. we'll be able to put some kind of a monitor behind our ball and we'll be able to hit shots and, and the app that's attached to it will just simply uh, pop up a smiley face or a mad face or, uh, or <laughs> some kind of uh, neutral meh face in the middle of it and and you'll know that your swing is either perfect terrible or somewhere in between it would just be just be a little uh hey good swing <laughs> i don't know where this technology stuff is going it's getting <laughs> a little it's getting a little bit crazy but i i like yeah. it yeah i think they call that a golf coach actually so they can actually <laughs> do that for you but uh why do right, you stand they, behind your students and smile or frown when it's good or not <laughs> or why like, not I think the neat part here is that, you know, uh, the technology is getting greater, software is getting better, pricing is getting better, because if yeah. you think about these technologies, and it's just like computers or anything else, um, you know, what was accessible, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago even uh, is more accessible now, uh, not only by the technology, but by the pricing as well. And and like I said, the, the cool part within this is that, you know, there's an option for a coach who's maybe looking for something um, a little bit deeper or her and the other side of it, there's actual aversion for just Joe consumer trying to work on this. I know yeah. I've talked to, uh, I talked to a person that was uh, just a golfer in Scotland uh, about the player version of this and how they're working uh, using it. And they just mentioned it based on an Instagram post that I had in posting a graph and uh, yeah, you know, golfers want to be educated. They want more information and this is just a great way for them to do it. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Scott, we powered through yet another uh, episode of Flagstick Podcast. Um, this one seemed to go by rather quickly. I don't know why. Maybe it's just maybe when we're having fun and the banter is good, it just uh, it just kind of flies by uh, a little faster. Now we are trying to bring the the length of the podcast down a little bit. Uh, you know, we don't want to run on for 
three or four hours. I mean, I'm sure that everybody would love to hear the two of us talk for oh, four hours. I mean, I, I know I like to hear myself talk. So <laughs> um, I can't imagine why anybody else doesn't want to listen to me talk and, and or you for that matter. I mean, but uh, it is it is uh, the end of another episode for us. So uh, um, I hope that everybody has enjoyed uh, listening to our episode so far and has enjoyed this one. I want to thank uh, uh to our sponsors once again this week metcalf golf club greensburg golf and country club uh kevin Haim golf school golf sim gurus for uh, jumping on board as a new sponsor and of course i uh, can't forget our presenting sponsor tailormade golf canada check out the new stealth line of golf equipment at tailormadegolf.ca and welcome to the carbon wood age Hopefully you're enjoying everything that you're hearing or uh, watching with us. Uh, be sure to follow us across all the social media networks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Audible, and yes, as we mentioned last week, now on Apple Podcasts. And that seems to be popular with people, so we're glad we're there. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, like us, click the notification bell, make sure that you never miss a single episode of this podcast. Get yourself over to flagstick.com and check out more amazing golf content delivered every single day. Well, sad as it is, that is it for us. I am Jeff Potter. And I'm Scott McLeod. Remember, always go for the stick.